And we're on. Hello, darling. <laughs> it's nice to see you. It's been... One week. Yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, one week it's to one save one. you from the mercy of us one. singing. Now, it has been one week since last time we put on Panther Pod. Way to go, Cole. New song right there. Way there. to go, Owen. There we go. <laughs> um, but we... Uh, you, you know, some of you may be... You know, you're going to have to wait a little bit this week. We were supposed to have a guest on the show, Brian Breeden. Um, however, he had an unfortunate uh, passing in the family. We um, offer our condolences. Yes, our prayers and condolences with the Breeden family. Um, but he will be on next week to interview us, with, uh, to interview us, for us to interview him. <laughs> Thank you, you good? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> just my, you know, just having tongue twisters here. There we go. It's all right. Um, so, yeah, he'll be on next week. Again, thoughts and prayers out to Brian Breeden. But for this week, we still got a lot jam-packed for this episode, so we hope you enjoy. As for this, I'm Owen Saponic. My name's Cole Connor. And this is the Panther Pod. All right, so today, Cole, today, as we're recording this, Wednesday, July, uh, July, woo, August 24th, it's not July, August 24th, 2022, ODAC has released their preseason rankings. How do we feel about them? Honestly, they're pretty much what we expected coming out. Um, here on the Panther Pod, of course, we are Farron Panther fans, Um Ferrum ranked fifth out of the ODAC. I think that's a little low. I could see us, you know, going fourth, going third. Um, but I think I think it met a lot of people's expectations as far as, you know, what to expect for this season. Um, overall breakdown on the rankings, Randolph Macon, no surprise, number one. Washington and Lee, number two. Hampton Sydney, number three. Shenandoah, number four. Farham, number five. Bridgewater, number six. Averett, number seven. And poor, poor Guilford at number eight. The Quakers. The Quakers. The Quakers. Um, you know what? I, but, you know, you say we can be a little bit higher, but I think we predicted, I did at least, I, we predicted them to be right here around mm-hmm. the middle, um, especially towards the end of the season. We expected them to be right around the middle of the pack for the ODAC. So I think we hit it pretty spot on on the head for the ODAC rankings. But I would like to see Farron a little bit higher. However, I think the top three are no surprise. That's the way they finished last year. Or, uh, no, it's not the way they finished last year. But mm. they were all one, two, and three. Yes. Hamden Sydney was three. Randolph Macon was two. Washington, Washington Lee, Lee was, was one. one. Yep. So they're all right there, which I, I assumed that that, that would be uh, Shenandoah getting a bump over Farham, which is interesting considering we did beat them last year. Yeah. So, but then again, I don't think Shenandoah loses as much as Farham does as um, where they graduated, yeah. where Farham graduated so many seniors last year. Farham graduated. And uh, quick update as far as um, we're concerned, Farham College, uh, love them to death. But they do not always post the most accurate rosters. Um, shout out to Ethan Berger for keeping us correct. Uh, Tim Ottie Penn is no longer with the Farron Panthers. Um, he will be missed. Yes, and that big time wide receiver by uh, that we that transferred in from Averett also out for the season. Mm. Broke his leg during scrimmage during mm. the black and gold game. Yep. So that'll be fun. 
black hat football, baby. Woohoo! <laughs> it, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. We're fine. We'll, we're great. We're fine. We're, we're good. Golden. We're, we're good. black and golden. We're black and golden. Ha, wait. Look at you. Look at you. Uh, <laughs> look at you. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm fairly certain, you know, I'm fairly confident that the ODAC got this right. Averett's interesting. I was not expecting them to be that low. No, I figured they'd be they would be between fourth and sixth. I wasn't expecting them to be seventh. But if I'm if, however, I would say if I was gonna put a seventh team in there, it'd probably would be Averett. Yeah. And I think that's mostly too because Averett wasn't in the conference last year. They lost to um they lost to Ferrum and then they beat a couple of other ODAC teams. They lost to a couple of other it was kind of like a back and forth year this uh the the past year. So I think just for that, Averett is like a hit in the dark, miss, you yeah, know, something like that. It's, it's a full shot in the dark. A full they're shot just in the dark, throwing a at the wall. Yeah, you don't know how they're going to compete against the uh, against other ODAC teams. So I can see that Bridgewater, usually a top tier team here in the ODAC, has fallen off these past couple years. So I say these past couple years, but last year they fell off, and then this year they're not they're not expected to be as good as what they usually are. Which, I mean, makes sense as far as what they how they performed uh, last year. Um, but I, I do see Bridgewater ranking a little bit higher than where they are at the end of the season, just because it's the second year with a very young team. They have a little bit more experience under their belt. Um, they've come together, and the talent is there for Bridgewater. They just have to, you know, actually play as a team. The voting gap between Randolph-Macon and everyone else. (laughs) Well, no, the voting gap between Randolph-Macon and Washington and Lee was just by mere five points. Five points. So, I mean, it really could go either way. Yeah. And to to be fair, Hampton Sydney did get thirty six points. Um, Washington Lee did get forty three, and Randolph Macon got first at forty eight. So there is definitely a drop off after you know first and second place, but it's not as significant as you know someone getting eighty votes and then just basically being predicted to run away with the conference. In other words, there's no run. Like you said, there's no runaway, and there's no clear favorite for this conference as as it is concerned with Randolph-Macon and Washington and Lee. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be interesting. I would love to see Farham jump up there. But, again, there's a lot of question marks on the Farham side, you know, especially with that receiving core now. What is that receiving core going to look like now that Tim Hotay-Pin is gone? And then, and the name escapes me, I'm so sorry, um, but the the wide receiver from Averett, you know, where does that put where does that put uh, Farum's offense? And with Titus Jones gone, you know, as well. So that's it's going to be an interesting year. A lot of wait and see. Uh, they don't start the they don't start the schedule off real easy going to going to UVA wise. Um, so yeah, we're just going to have to. It's kind of going to be a wait and see for a little bit. I. Don't expect a lot out of the non-conference for Farum. Well, I say don't expect a lot, but don't expect a ton out of that first game. UVA-wise is going to be a, t- a tough, tough opponent. But I still think they walk out above 500 in there. Or You know, 
Oh yeah, no, I think Ferrum finishes this season well over five hundred. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think they finished the non-conference schedule over five hundred with two and one, going two and one heading into that first game. So it's going to be an interesting year. And of course, with Division three, your non-conference doesn't as matter as much as winning your conference. So that's the ultimate goal. And we saw that with Hamden Sydney last year. They had a better conference record than their overall record, and that's what got them to third place last year. Which overall, I mean, overall record is nice. But as you said, and it's also very beneficial to have those tough non-conference opponents, you know, as your first three games versus having them spaced out towards the end of your season. Because if you are able to win your conference with, um, you know, three losses and those three losses come from non-conference opponents you don't want those three losses to be at the end of the year because that's going to kill your momentum going into the championship rounds exactly exactly so it's going to be a fun season it's going to be hard getting off the bat but hey who knows maybe Farron pulls the upset oh yeah gives give you gives uva wise the l honestly i think if Farum does pull that upset and goes two and one um, or, or three say, and zero. Oh, straight thing, if, out. If they if they if they beat UVA wise, then I think they have a really good chance of going three and zero oh in that non con. Oh walking yeah, into that absolutely. First that game. Absolutely. So the, I'm if if they're going three and zero oh in that non con, I'm very excited for that season. Even two and one, I'm still excited. But three and zero oh is very very optimistic. Yeah, because that that's winning the ODAC at that point. I don't know if it's winning the ODAC, but I think it's definitely putting them on the map. On the map, it's yeah. definitely putting them on um, on notice. It's putting the entire conference on notice, saying, "Hey, Faram's here to play." We're not going to roll over and die. Exactly, yeah. Faram's here to play. So, speaking of more conference stuff, we told everybody we would save the best for last, and it made me a little sick that I said that about the SEC. <laughs> but Big Twelve, SEC. The final two of the, of the Power Five conferences. I mean, look, if we're saving the best for last, why don't you go first with your Big 12 breakdown? <laughs> so I'm excluding no. Oklahoma and Texas then from this. <laughs> um, I'll go first. So odds to win the Big 12, Oklahoma is the favorite with plus 200 odds. Texas is then the next favorite, horns down by the way. Horns down. With plus 280. I am so sick and tired of Texas being rated so high. Now they weren't rated high; they were not ranked in the AP poll. But they're they're the second best. They have the second best odds to win the Big Twelve. I thought you were Why? about to say they're the second best team in the Big no, Twelve. No, absolutely not. The second best team right now. I'll tell you. I think, in my personal opinion, the best team is the is the conference champs, and that's Baylor. Second best team is the one who lost to him in the championship game. That's Oklahoma State. Then we can talk Oklahoma. But we're, we're not talking – you cannot tell me that Texas is the second best team in the conference. Not at all. Absolutely not after not. Baylor's last season. Not after – I mean, there's so many. There's truly – Texas is the bane of my existence. As much as Alabama is, just Texas fans and the media covering Texas, it it just it's so stupid. It's they're, they're after you're going to tell me after a 2 and or I'm sorry, a 5 and 7 season last year, if West and I and I'll put this into perspective for you. If Kansas had beat West Virginia last year, Texas Tech and Texas Tech won, which they did. 
and then had Kansas State beaten Texas, Texas would have finished last in the Big 12 rankings last year. They were one game out of their control away from being last in the Big 12. Behind Kansas, of all teams, Kansas, the team that stormed the field at the beginning of the year because they beat an FCS opponent by three points. Do not tell me that Texas is the next best team in the Big 12. Oklahoma, I can okay, maybe. But right now, if I were to if I were a betting man, I'd put my money on Baylor, Oklahoma State. Absolutely. I'd also put it on West Virginia. And that's that's because I am a West Virginia fan, but I also know what West Virginia's bringing that other people don't know what they're bringing. And Oklahoma, you lose you've lost too much. You've lost the entire coaching staff. You've lost your all, you lost your entire quarterback room. You lost several good wide receivers. But your defense should be improved. Your offense should relatively look similar, bringing in Jeff Levy. But I don't, I, I don't see them winning the conference this year. I can see them uh, making some noise like they usually do. But I don't, I, don't, I don't see them getting to the conference championship game. They could. It's not out of possibility. Big 12 is wide open this year. But Oklahoma, I do not see as an outright favorite. They shouldn't be. Because if you're going to tell me Baylor lost too much, then Oklahoma lost way too much. Way, way, way too much. If you're going to make that same argument for West Virginia, saying, oh, they lost a ton to the transfer portal, to those graduating, and you bring in a new offense. Like, it's just a new, new, new this, and everybody's gone, gone, gone. Okay, well, that's the same thing with Oklahoma. Everybody's gone, gone, gone. You bring in a new quarterback, a couple of new wide receivers, uh, a couple of new pieces on the defense. Don't tell me, don't tell me that Oklahoma is the best team in the Big 12 when they've lost, 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 lost. Now, I say that, but look where they were at last year. They finished 11-2, to and that was a down year because they didn't make the bowl game. Or they didn't make the championship game. I'm sorry. They did make a bowl game and stomped Oregon. Um, but their two losses were to Oklahoma State and Baylor. Yeah. Baylor's two losses were to TCU and um, and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State beat them in the regular season. Oklahoma State's one loss was to um, – who did they lose to? Iowa State, maybe. I think so. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember who, who beat Oklahoma State. I know. I know Baylor beat them, obviously. But yeah. they were they were one loss heading into that Big Twelve championship game. So don't you know? Don't tell me about what West Virginia's lost, what Baylor's lost, even what Oklahoma State has lost, because Oklahoma State lost their defensive coordinator over the offseason. Don't tell me that you lose, 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 and you're not going to be favorites of the conference. Like, the Big 12 is obviously, like, it's recency bias in here. And for Texas, it's not even that recent. No, it's, it's not, not even that all. recent. The it's best season that they've had previous, uh, the best season that they've had recently was that 10, that 10 win season with Sam Ellinger where they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. We're back. That's it. Yeah. Other than that, nothing. And Nothing. then they proceeded to get smoked. Yes. Yes. You got beat by Kansas in your own house. Yeah. Do not tell me you are the second best team in the conference. They should know. They should not be anywhere near the top. Honestly, Texas shouldn't be anywhere near the top five in the Big 12. No. No. 
Now, top five is halfway through the conference, but the, exactly, it shouldn't be. My yeah. point remains. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oklahoma State then has the fourth best odds with plus fifty five hundred or five hundred fifty. Baylor then has the fourth best. Did I say Oklahoma State had the third or fourth best odds? Fourth, I think. Oklahoma State has the third best odds at plus fifty at uh, plus five fifty. Baylor has the fourth best odds. Oklahoma State third, Baylor fourth at plus six fifty. TCU's at plus twelve hundred. Kansas State's at plus twelve hundred, so they're tied for fifth. Iowa State's at plus sixteen hundred. The next one is West Virginia. At plus three thousand, mm. Texas Tech is at plus uh, forty five hundred. Man, I wish LSU was a plus three thousand. <laughs> and then Kansas is a plus twenty five thousand to win yeah. that. I'm, I'm gonna be straight. I, I, here's the thing. Again, TCU has lost a lot as well. They mm-hmm. lost Zach Evans and they lost Gary Patterson. Now I say they lost Gary Patterson. They fired Gary Patterson, and they brought in Sonny Dykes from SMU. I don't. Texas Tech and T- Texas Tech, I think, is ranked where they should be. I think the bottom three should be TCU, Texas Tech, and Kansas, just because Texas Tech also has a lot of change this year. Now they're they're a little bit they got a change in a coaching staff. However, they remain fairly similar uh, position, like player wise and and uh, numbers wise, they re- they remain fairly fairly decent. But you've also got to remember. Under T for under Sonny Dykes and Joey McGuire. Joey McGuire is the Texas Tech head coach now. This is their first year as a head coach for a Power Five program. You're gonna stumble a little bit. I don't expect them to come come in and stomp everybody or win a bunch of games and contend for or make noise to contend for the championship. I don't see that. After after TCU, then I would see Iowa State. Iowa State also lost a lot, but it's one of those situations where people in Iowa up at Iowa State up in Ames, are very confident within that little circle. They're very confident of their team within there. And same like West Virginia. We're very confident with what, what with the reports that we're getting out of Morgantown. This team looks good. It's experienced. Yes, we have a lot of new pieces in JT Daniels and in the safety position. Yeah, but – and sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. JT Daniels is a heck of a quarterback. Yes. Like that's that's the thing that no one seems to remember about him. It's like JT Daniels was a top tier caliber starting quarterback. What last year? Yeah, uh, well, season and a half ago. And the reason that, like, if he had gone to any other school, if he had gone to Missouri, which was another SEC school, that would have changed Missouri's season all the way around. But he goes to West Virginia and does nothing for their season. It it does, not West Virginia. I said, but he does go to West Virginia, and he and it doesn't change anything for for them they're still at five and a half wins is what is what the estimate is yeah so i just i understand that he's hurt you've got to keep him healthy 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 (laughs) you've got to keep him healthy if you keep him healthy then okay Mm. you're gonna do you i mean you're you're knocking on the door of possibly 10 wins but if you don't keep him healthy i still think you go to a bowl game i still think uh, Nico, Garrett Green, and Goose are all Goose Crowder. Goose Crowder are all good enough um, to get, at least get us to a bowl game. Um, but the most everybody knows what to expect out of JT Daniels when he's rolling, he's rolling. Mm-hmm. He's good. 
you know. And he didn't lose. He didn't get beat out by the backups. He didn't get beat out by Stetson Bennett, and he didn't get beat out by Keaton Slovis. Which, by the way, Keaton Slovis was announced today as the pit starting quarterback. So Keaton Slovis didn't beat him out, and Stetson Bennett didn't beat him beat him out. He Revenge got, game. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Yes. <laughs> um, but he he didn't get beat out. He got injured, and then the start, and then the the backup comes in and just keeps playing. They just play really well. You know, they just play really well. And think about this, though. Think about Stetson Bennett won a national championship. What do you think? How do, how, do you think having JT Daniels in there, if he hadn't have gotten hurt, would Georgia have won that SEC championship game? Yes. Now, probably. Now, I will say this, though. Georgia's defense will – got sliced up and down left and right by by Alabama's offense last year in that SEC championship game. I know, I know. And that was one of the reasons they lost. But part of me wonders too is if JT Daniels had been in there would Georgia have won that SEC championship game keeping Alabama from going to the playoffs. It I mean it's a very well good probability. And Alabama the past two seasons has which granted mm, it's I, I hate saying this, but Alabama the past two seasons have been vulnerable. Yes. And whereas, you know, previously Alabama has always been seen as the final boss of college football, they've been shaky mm-hmm. in conference championship games, in national championship games. Last year they lost to Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's like they're they're very beatable. It just takes so much. <laughs> it takes so much. But, I mean, here's the thing, though. I don't know about this year. And we'll get to this yeah. with SEC. When we cover the SEC. But I, I don't know. It, uh, you know. Nick Saban said last year was a rebuilding year for them. I would love for a rebuilding year for West Virginia to be you a lose a national championship game. Yeah. Would love that. But back to West Virginia and saying, look, they're, they – the question is for them is – safety position and cornerbacks for West Virginia is that secondary how good is that secondary going to be and it's not that that they that we lack experience or that we lack depth we finally got a little bit of depth back there but it's the fact that can we can we mush can we make a can can we all mix chemistry yeah chemistry you got to have that team chemistry there was one safety gosh what was his name I can't think of his name right off um he played for Murray State, and he transferred in. And I think the total number of games that he's played up to this point is between 32 and 36 games. That's a lot of football to be played. Granted, it's at the FCS level, but that's a lot of football to be played. He knows how to play football. So that experience is nice. You just got to make them mesh and come and make that team mesh and come together. I'm saying this right now, and we're going to bookmark it for the end of the season. West Virginia go. Um, West Virginia makes a run for the Big Twelve Championship. I'm. I don't know if they make it into the game, but I know they make a run for it. If JT Daniels stays healthy, they make a run for the Big Twelve Championship game. I agree. Um, 100%. I think West Virginia has better odds than what they are predicted as far as getting to the Big 12 championship game and 
even, you know, bowl eligibility at this point. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with media bias, and I think a lot of it has to do with West Virginia keeping everything that they're doing very tight Mm -hmm. and very close-knit, which is a good thing because you don't know, you know, what kind of West Virginia team to expect, but it's also a bad thing because preseason polls and everything like that kind of hurts to look at as a fan. It does. You might, you know, you might get one West Virginia team come out and, you know, storm their way to bowl eligibility, storm their way into the playoffs even, possibly. Who knows? It's a dream season right there. Yeah. You ain't lying. Um, But, you know, I, I think Oklahoma has the ability to lose three games, and I think those three games this year, Baylor, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. I agree. They Baylor comes goes to Norman. The uh, West Virginia is at home. That game against Oklahoma is in Morgantown, and then I think Bedlam is. I want to say Bedlam is at yes. Bedlam is at Norman this year. Yes. So out of those three, Oklahoma gets two home games, but. I still think those are the three that they have the best shot of of, of winning. All right, look, I'm sorry. Those are the three they have the best shot of losing to. Baylor, the defending champ, Oklahoma State, the runner the runner up, and the defending champ of Bedlam, and then West Virginia, who's a sneaky good West Virginia team this year. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's kind of my spiel on West. Oh, and I'll say this one more thing for West Virginia. The one thing that does concern me, or will concern me, if I hear this. Right now, West Virginia has made no announcement for QB1, which is fine. That doesn't bother me. It's it's to be expected. Yeah, it's to be expected. More than likely, it's going to be JT Daniels. I think we all know that. We all expect that. What I am concerned, what I will be concerned about is if Neil Brown does not name a starter by the end of this week and all four QBs are getting reps with the ones, then that's when I'm a little concerned, I think. Because that means nobody is leading the way or or separating themselves from the rest of the pack. At least you're clear QB1 didn't retire, you know, two days into fall camp. But it looks like you'll have another clear QB1. Yeah, well, I mean... Jane Daniels is a nice consolation prize. <laughs> so, uh, Big 12 odds. Oklahoma's expected to win the favorite. Texas is a close second. Or, I say close second. Texas is second. West Virginia is eighth. Fun fact, and this is the last thing I'll say, I'm sorry. Baylor was predicted eighth last year to win the conference. They had the eighth best odds to win the conference last year. <clears throat> yep. We'll see how that works out for him this year. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different Okay. for my SEC championship odds. I'm going to start from the bottom oh, okay. and work my way up. Well, again, I think number one and number 14 are pretty easy. <laughs> um, Owen, I want you to guess. I, I already, You already know who's number 14. I'm looking at it, yeah. yeah. Um, if you hadn't seen this, what do you think Vandy's odds – to win the SEC championship would be if you weren't looking at it? That's a great question. I'd probably say they would have been around the same as 
Kansas or a little bit lower, like maybe pl- between the plus twenty five thousand plus fifty thousand range. Vanderbilt is plus a hundred thousand to win the SEC championship this year. <laughs> if you bet one dollar on Vandy to win the SEC championship, you will make a hundred thousand dollars. Will that happen? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's not going to happen. And, um, if I, and, and if I'm not mistaken, Cole, correct me if I'm wrong. If you were to bet ten dollars on Vanderbilt, you would be a millionaire easily. Is, is that is that yeah? Okay, yeah, that's I'm right th- I, okay. I'm thinking that yeah. right. Yeah. Um. All right. Wow. I'm putting twenty dollars on Vanderbilt right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um. That's a good way to lose twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah. It's twenty bucks. I didn't yeah. bet like you know. Yeah. Um, Vandy dead last hundred thousand plus hundred thousand to um to win the SEC championship. Mizzou plus thirty thousand. Honestly, fair enough. Auburn a little surprising, but they are losing quite a good bit. Most of which to the draft. We saw a very good Auburn team the past two years. Probably going to be a down year for them probably going to be rebuilding well i think i think last year was rebuilding too you had bo nix but now bo nix is gone and don't yeah. forget brian harson was a was there was an attempt on his career last year yeah you know like he was boosters are trying yeah. they're darndest to fire him yeah and they lose to houston in the bowl game which in the sec it's compete for the sec unless your names are vandy and mizzou your end goal is win the SEC championship. Yep. No matter what. If yep. you're Vandy or Mizzou, it's bowl eligibility. I would even say maybe maybe uh Mississippi State and South Carolina and Well and even then, like Mississippi State and South Carolina here recently have been top tier They're getting better. Yeah, they're they're on the upswing. Um Auburn plus fifteen thousand, South Carolina plus fifteen thousand as well. Mississippi State plus twelve thousand hurts my soul. That LSU is plus seven thousand to win the SEC championship this year. Are, are you above Mississippi State? Is that what you're looking at? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm on. What website are you using? I am on um, ABC, and this is odds courtesy of DraftKings Sportbook. Oh well, I'm on Vegas Insider. Would you like to? LSU is actually much much higher. They are two. They are three spots higher. Really? Uh, two two or three spots higher. Okay. On VegasInsider.com for those odds. They're at plus 5,000. Okay. Well, I mean. Well, they're all. It's a one, two, three, four. Five, it's a five-way tie in there. Arkansas is plus 5,000. Kentucky's plus 5,000. LSU, Florida, Ole Miss are Here, all plus 5,000. It's a, it's a two-way tie between Ole Miss and Tennessee. Interesting. Okay. Um, at plus 5,000. Tennessee's just 1,000 ahead of. Ole Miss, Tennessee uh, is plus four thousand. Um, so LSU plus seven thousand. I'll cover. I'll I'll circle back mm-hmm. to LSU. Um, Arkansas plus six thousand. And again, this is courtesy of DraftKings Sportbook. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkansas plus six thousand. Kentucky plus fifty five hundred. Tennessee plus five thousand. Ole Miss plus five thousand. Florida kind of surprising, being this high, plus forty five hundred. Again, that brings in the question, is it media bias? Is it 
you know, just hype or are they legit coming out of the swamp this year? Um, gonna have to wait until week one to see, gotcha. in my opinion. There's there's not really a whole lot that has been announced as far as Florida goes. Um, I know they graduated quite a few. They lost quite a good bit to the draft. It's gonna be a tough game for them against Utah. Yeah. Now Utah comes to the swamp though. Yeah, but so. even then, I mean, Utah is a dangerous opponent for anyone, especially under you know for a first year head coach. Yeah, and Florida's it's it's going to be it's going to be a rough season I think for Florida. Um, I don't see them finishing fourth in the SEC. They're not going to finish fourth in the I, SEC. I think they're I think they're finishing like sixth or seventh at this point. They're going they're they'll probably finish fifth in the SEC East. Probably, yeah. Um, moving on, Texas A and M plus eighteen hundred, uh, locking down that third spot. Um, this is kind of interesting. So everything below this has been, you know, plus eighteen hundred, plus forty five hundred, yada yada yada. Georgia, the reigning national champions, are plus a hundred and fifty five to win the SEC. Alabama is favored to win the SEC. Am I surprised? No. Absolutely not. It, it's Alabama. It's Nick Saban. We all know the drill at this point. It's the reign of terror. Um, I said my spiel about Alabama last week. <laughs> and... You know, if that was a little bit too intense for everyone, I apologize. The fact that the national champions are ranked second to win the SEC shows how competitive it truly is. Mm. No? Mm. No? Mm. No, not no. at all? No, not at all. Because if it was competitive, then Texas A&M would be plus 160. Oh, no, no. Tennessee would be plus 400. No, no, no. I'm not saying that it's a competition between the rest of the SEC and Georgia and Alabama. I'm just, saying it's a competition Georgia and two. Alabama are competitive programs. I wish that it was 2019 again um, and that LSU was up there. Yeah. It's not 2019. It's Brian Kelly's first year. If we get bowl eligibility, if we don't get bowl eligibility, I'll be hurt. But I won't be shocked. Um, and I, I hate saying that as a fan, but it's first-year head coach. He's bringing in a different culture. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, circling back to LSU, Miles Brennan retires, you know, two weeks into – or a week into fall camp. Um, Jaden Daniels, Garrett Neusmeyer, clear QB ones, both of them. Garrett Neusmeyer is a heck of a lot younger than Jaden Daniels, but Jaden Daniels has quite a good bit of experience and a very impressive arm. Our wide receiver core, phenomenal. Kayshawn Boot, love him. Um, very... Very promising as an NFL prospect. Do I think we're going to compete for a national championship during his tenure at LSU? No, 
I don't think so. I don't think we're we're back to that level yet. I would love to say that we are. Um, we're not. Our offensive line needs work. Our defense, our secondary. Um, there, there's a lot that we need to improve on for us to even sniff playoffs in the next two seasons. Um, our run game is going to struggle. Um, all all season, we haven't even listed a starting running back yet. Which, you know, QB one is kind of up for debate always coming out of fall camp, um, unless you have you know like a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> or you got a Bryce Young, or yeah, you know, clearly. Um, if you have like a once in a generation talent like a Peyton Manning in Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, it's. But for us to not name an RB1, it's like, come on. But even then, LSU doesn't need to run the ball. Just throw it to boot. (laughs) Um, Our defense has had its moments, um, especially our defensive line. We're straight downright nasty. Um, But it's it's our secondary. Uh, Matt House, a former linebacker coach for Kansas City Chiefs, has clearly said that our secondary is our weak spot right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going up against teams like Alabama, like Georgia, who have a proven passing attack, who can throw the ball down the field when they need to, um, it's it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough in those games. Um, I mean, I'm excited about the season, and I'm excited to see what Brian Kelly is going to do. However, being realistic, we're not getting to the playoffs anytime soon. And ultimately, as an LSU fan, and frankly, as an SEC fan, that's the expectation, is to compete for a national championship. Conference championship, you know, great, cool, awesome, whatever. The SEC runs on national champions. And I think I think that's very fair to say. Um, if you haven't won a national championship within the past three seasons, your job is on the line. And in Ed Orgeron's case, if you haven't, well, with him, it was more off the field stuff than it was on the field stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, with Ed Orgeron, you know, we won the championship in 2019. He was out of a job by 2021. So. There's that. Yep. Um, I think we go to a bowl game. Um, I don't see us competing for the conference championship, and I don't see us making a deep playoff run, mainly due to our defense. I think our offense, our offensive line is going to do great. I think our defensive line is going to do great. Our secondary and our running game on the offensive side of the ball is going to need to improve before we can get to that next step. Here's what I say about the SEC. If it was so darn good and so darn competitive as everyone says it is, Alabama and Georgia would not be plus 150 and minus 140 for these odds, with Texas A&M being 
sixteen plus sixteen hundred right behind right the next closest to Georgia. I I will stand by that regardless. Go ahead, DX, D Generation X. I see you over there. Look, I there's no way there's just no way this is the most competitive league and you've got odds like this. Now, I know Georgia and Alabama, year in and year out, are national championship contenders. But if but if what the SEC talks about, uh, they're the best conference, there's the best football, then Tennessee should be up there. Texas A&M. Now, Texas A&M is up there. But still, they got plus 1,600 to win the conference. Ole Miss should be up there. Florida, even LSU, even in a down year, a down year, they should be up there talking for the conference championship games. The SEC is no different than any other conference, nor is the Big Ten. But because they produce the same two or three teams every year for national championship odds, then automatically they're cons- they're they're assumed as the two best conferences. And if you're going to say that, then then Oak, then Pac-12 should be considered a good conference then too, because Oregon has constantly competed, for, has constantly been talked about in the playoff structure. Don't hate us, cause you ain't us. Oh, I'm not hating you, cause I ain't you. Okay. Do I hate? Do I hate you because they picked Missouri over us? Maybe a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's not. It's not even that. It's not even that. The no. ACC is not a strong conference either. I, Be- I hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's not a wide open conference. Exactly. Like the now the ACC this year is. Yeah. Is but that's only because Clemson had a down year last year. And they lost their two best coordinators, and Tony Elliott and Brent Venables. You're obviously going to have a down year for that. Yeah. But, but if it's not if it's not Clemson, look at the ACC last year. Pitt and Wake Forest were they talked about for playoff odds? Yeah, mm-hmm. here and there, but they were not anywhere close to it. Who no. was? It was Oklahoma State, but they lost the Big Twelve championship, so they didn't go. They didn't get in. You cannot tell me that SEC, especially SEC, Big Ten. Yeah, but you cannot tell me that that SEC is the that the SEC is the best conference when you produce just one or two teams a year, the occasional three, with that being LSU or Texas A&M, and Texas A&M not even that much, mostly LSU. Well, so and and here's here's my rebuttal to that. I agree with what you're saying. Um, is the does the SEC need to be more competitive across the board? Yes, because that would be excellent football to watch. With Oklahoma and Texas inbound to the SEC, maybe as soon as 2023, probably going to be 2024. With them inbound to the SEC... I think that the power dynamic in the SEC is going to change. Um, I'm not going to say that you know we're going to have a new number one team, but I think that those two programs are going to help us step up our competition level because those are going to be you know the mid tier teams that you have to get through to compete against teams like Alabama, like Georgia. Yeah, and even Texas. Now I know not everybody can be Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, somebody has to be a Vanderbilt. Yeah, and Vanderbilt is always going to be a Vanderbilt. Exactly. Like, come on. 
But what I'm saying, and I've heard somebody say it before, you can't try to be Harvard, but then be Alabama in football all in the same. Yeah. It's not possible. You have no. to choose one or the other. But. The good, but here's the thing that I that you have to either be really good at academics or cheat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Um, But but the you know, and they said this about Oklahoma. The reason Oklahoma has such a easy schedule because they don't have to play Oklahoma. Everybody else got to play Oklahoma. In in those in those terms, Georgia's got a cakewalk of a schedule because they don't play Georgia then. Now I'm not this. I'm I'm speaking devil's advocate here. Tennessee, Tennessee is going to be good this year. Kentucky is going to be good. Those are the two two stops that you got to make. That you got to make sure you do beat those and you beat, beat them fairly convincingly, or you just out. You just make sure you're you just beat outright. Them. You just outright beat them. Yeah. Whether that be by a point, two points, or seventy points. Either way, you've got to make sure you beat those two teams. Because if you don't. Then you're not. If you don't beat Kentucky or Tennessee, I, w- I would say one of those two is going to be is going to replace you in the SEC championship game. Now Alabama plays a tough schedule this year too. They have to go to Texas A and Listen to me now. They have to go to Texas A and M, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. Ar- they, they play at Arkansas. At Arkansas. And oh, and don't forget, you got two rivalry games with LSU and Auburn there. What happened to those two games last year? Right down yep. to the wire. And we took them right down the wire at Alabama. Yeah. We're playing them in Death Valley this yes. year. So could that be an upset? Very well possible. Um, teams that I'm excited for besides LSU in the conference, and I'm going to keep this kind of brief. I'm excited, like as you said, Tennessee and Kentucky. I'm also very excited to see what Mississippi State is going to bring to the field this year, mm-hmm. Mississippi State and South Carolina. Yep. Um, I think they've got great programs. I think that they very well could be, you know, good bowl games. Do I see them competing for the conference championship? Probably not. Do I see them having a good season? Yes, absolutely. I would love to see a Kentucky and Arkansas SEC championship game. That would be awesome. It would be awesome. And what Is that- it ever going to happen? No. It could. If they keep playing the way they do, Kentucky finished ten and three last year. Arkansas went nine and three. I think that um, for and, Arkansas or for Arkansas and Kentucky, you number one, you've got to beat Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, and but you, and, but, you, but you can't drop a game to Tennessee. No, and you can't drop a game to Florida. No, and let me clarify: Kentucky, Kentucky, and, Kentucky and Arkansas being in the SEC championship game. The only reason why I'm saying it won't happen, it won't happen anytime soon. It's not gonna, yeah, because Saban's still there. Exactly, and that's the thing too with Arkansas. And you're you're not gonna like this when I say this, but you can't drop a game to Mississippi State, and you can't drop a game to LSU. Mm-mm. You've got you've got to beat. You've got to make the teams you're supposed to beat. You've got to beat the yeah. teams you're not supposed to beat. You you hope you run them close, or at least beat them in order to make it to that. You you have to beat them in order to make it that SEC yeah. championship. You game. have to step up exactly. So moving on to that. And we'll make. I guess we'll make this kind of brief as well, Cole. Um, records: LSU, West Virginia. We talked a little bit about Farum. We've talked a little bit about a few other teams. I I'm going to give you my record for West Virginia. You're going to give me your record for LSU, and we'll share each other's opinions on so and so record. Okay. Um, since I went first for the Big Twelve, you can go first for LSU. <laughs> Fair enough. Um. 
LSU has a tough schedule, as always. Uh, we open the season with Florida State. Very excited to open the season in the Superdome. Um, neutral site, not really. Um, open the season against Florida State. Go to Southern, Mississippi State, New Mexico, at Auburn. Oof. Um, we host Tennessee. We go to Florida. <clears throat> we host Ole Miss. Um, we host Alabama after our bye week. We go to Arkansas. We host UAB. And then we finish the season at Texas A&M. That's our full season breakdown. Out of those games, I could easily see us beating Florida State. We should. I, we should blow out Southern. I hope we beat Mississippi State. But I'll put that in the L column. Um, definitely should beat New Mexico. They've been dangerous. I don't see them continuing that. We go to Auburn. This year, I think we beat Auburn. We host Tennessee. I think Tennessee beats us this year. We go to Florida. Florida beats us. We host Ole Miss. I think we beat Ole Miss. We go to Alabama. Our Alabama comes to Death Valley, which is November 5th in Death Valley. Tickets are already sold out. I tried to get them. Um, did not happen. Folks, he is tearing up right now. He is like... I, I hate to say he, it. His lip is quivering. Um, I think LSU goes eight and four this year. I think that's a very respectable record. Um, maybe not for the SEC, but for college football, I think that's I think that's good. There's three games that I think you for sure will win: Southern, New Mexico, and UAB. Yeah, no, absolutely those for sure. If you don't win those, then <laughs> yeah, yeah, rough. Florida State, I I see you winning. That's a home field. That's that's yeah. that's a home game it's, right there. It's basically home it's field. In, it's it's in, an hour drive from Baton Rouge. Come yeah, on. it's in the Superdome. That's a home field game right there. I can see you beating Florida State. Florida State's got a lot of problems from top to bottom. And when I mean top, I mean the very top. The mm-hmm. president to all the way down to the assistant, one of the assistant coaches on the Florida State football team. There is a lot of mess that, that Mike yeah, Norvell's Florida, Florida State time. is going to be hampered by off-the-field problems, as they always are. So – I think you. I think you come out the gate two and zero. Then you get to Mississippi State. Yeah, I think you have a chance to beat Mississippi State. I think you have a chance. And I'm going to go with you winning, beating Mississippi State. So then you four and zero walking into Auburn. Um, for. <laughs> For Auburn, I think you go five and zero. I think you go five and zero with a close win against Auburn. Auburn's got a lot of issues this year, both on the field and off the field. But I think you, I think you walk, I think you walk into Auburn four and zero, not convincingly five and zero, with a troubled Auburn team. You win by three points. You beat Auburn. Come back the very next week and you lose Tennessee. Yeah. Five and one. 
five and one. You go to the swamp. I I think you can go. Here's here's my thing with the swamp game this year. Mm-hmm. We beat them last year. We were not supposed to beat them last year. I don't think I said that we were going to beat them last year. Um, and we, it was a classic. You could call it, you know, this the new generation fog bowl. You could call it the shoe game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but anyway, excuse me. Sorry, I'm not no, trying. To, no, I'm not fine. trying to sway you. You know, you're fine. I know you beat Florida last year. I think Florida and Auburn is – I will say this. Florida is, and Auburn is a toss-up game. One of those two you're losing. Yeah. Or you win both. 7-0? I think you – I – no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're, you're not beating Tennessee. I'll National you championship? You're, question mark? You're not beating Tennessee. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. No way. I I will say – So I think I, I think you either go – say you win Florida. All right, you're 7-1 and one at this point. You lose to Ole Miss, you lose to Alabama, you lose to Arkansas. That's mm. three losses in a row right there. Mm. You instantly go from 7-1 and one to now 7-4. and four. You then go to UAB, pick up an easy win, 8-4. and four. Texas A&M. Did I say eight and four? Or did I say nine and four? You said eight and four. Nine and four. Nine and four would anticipate you losing the bowl game. So yes. nine and three. Depending on who we're matched up up, um, are matched up with in the bowl game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so nine and three in the regular season. Nine and three in the regular season, and then I'm going either eight and four or seven and five, and I'm leaving a little bit towards more seven and five. I can dig it. Because I think you lose to Texas A&M as well. Even though you beat Texas A&M last year, I think you lose to Texas A&M this year. I can respect it. So, Tennessee, Miss, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas A&M. Your, your last four, you lose all of Four your, of our last five. Yeah, four of your last five, and you lose all four of those last SEC conference games. Oof. Oof. Very much so. I'm not trying to be harsh, but that's just no, no, no. from I mean, an, it's, out, it's, from an it's, outside perspective. It, it's and I'm the not, truth. And I, I'm expecting the same relatively yeah. because this is what I'm going off of. I'm expecting the same relatively for when it comes to West Virginia. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, just from what I'm seeing, you know, honestly, and if it's not Auburn or Florida you lose to, then I think Mississippi State's one that bites you. But I'm leaning more towards 7-5, and five, but I do see a possible path to 8-4, and four, which is – Phenomenal, which I think is great for Brian Kelly's first year, yeah. getting to a decent bowl game. But I'm going to go seven and five with a loss to either Auburn or Florida, leaning more towards Auburn. Seven and five, you get to a bowl game. That's LSU. Agree? Uh, we agree. I feel like we agreed to disagree. We're right. We're right around the same. Point. Well, and here's the thing too: it's hard for you because you have fan. Bias, yeah, you know. So, oh, you and expe- when we cover West Virginia, it's going to be the exact same. Exactly. Thing. You expect to beat Mississippi State, Auburn, and Florida. You know, so I understand it, but I'm leaning more towards seven and five with a possible loss. At, with that being a loss at Auburn, I just hate that we don't play Vandy this year. <laughs> <laughs> to add another win in there. Oh goodness me! Shall we do the Fighting Mountaineers? <laughs> Oh, also, go Tigers. Oh, yeah, go Tigers. 
All right, Cole, here's a rundown of West Virginia's schedule, and it is not kind to them. Mm-mm. We are one of two, I repeat, two Power 5 teams who play 11 Power 5 opponents in the country. Mm. Would you like to take a guess at who the second team is, or who the other team is? Baylor? Really? Colorado. Mm. West Virginia and Colorado are the only two teams this year to play 11 Power 5 opponents. I respect it. Colorado, I don't know why they're doing that to themselves because they're in a conference with rivals with that geographically they fit into. Now, they fit a little bit better into the Big 12, but still, West Virginia is doing it for this sake because if we didn't schedule Tech, Virginia Tech and Pitt in these non-con games, we would never play them unless it was a bowl game. And that's just the way the schedule shakes out for... God, I would love to see Pitt and West Virginia in a bowl game. <sighs> yeah. You... Oh, yeah. So, here's, here's West Virginia's schedule. West Virginia open season, backyard brawl, we all know this, at Pittsburgh. All right? West Virginia's a six-and-a-half dog in that. I still think we can pull it out. Still think we can win. Oh, absolutely. Still think we, we, we beat Pitt. Kansas, you got to be Kansas. Come on. Kansas showed a little bit of life last year. You've got to make sure you beat Kansas. Kansas is still Kansas. They still went. They only had three wins last year, two or three wins last year. You've got to beat Kansas. Um, Townsend, you should easily beat Townsend. That's a home game. Beat, beat, beat Townsend. Then you go on the road to Blacksburg, Virginia Tech, which I'll be at that game, by the way. It's sold out. Uh, I see you beating Virginia Tech. Their quarterback was at Marshall. They were favored by – Marshall was favored by 20 against Rice. He threw 22 – no, what was it? Um, 22 touchdowns and 17 inter- interceptions at his, mm. time, at his time at Marshall. Mm. And he is now the starting quarterback at Virginia Tech. I'm not – yeah, he's not, not very um, – Good. Protective of the football. <laughs> He's not protective of the football. Now, Lane Stadium's a tough environment, but if you can get past the inner Santa man, I think you can do it. There's going to be West Virginia fans there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not going to be like the pit game where West Virginia fans will probably dominate those stands. You know, Virginia Tech doesn't have a, have, um, have a tough time uh, selling tickets, I mean. All right, so that's – that's non or that's the non conference is Pitt, Townsend, Virginia Tech. You throw in a conference game with Kansas, the second game of the year. So you go, you, you got West Virginia versus West Virginia at Pitt, West Virginia versus Kansas, West Virginia versus Townsend, and West Virginia at Virginia Tech. Then you go on the road to open Big Twelve play at Texas. I think uh, I mean again until Texas shows me something, I still think we have a shot to beat Texas. Baylor then comes to Morgantown. Baylor's never lost in Morgantown. Baylor has never lost in Morgantown and that's a Thursday night game. West Virginia then goes to Texas Tech. Texas Tech's been kind of a thorn in West Virginia's side for a little bit. And we go to Texas Tech this year. TCU comes to Morgantown. They play West Virginia. West Virginia then goes to Ames and goes out and plays Iowa State in Jack in Jack Trice Stadium, I think is what it's called. Then Oklahoma comes, the Sooners come to Morgantown. Kansas State comes to West Virginia, so you got back-to-back home games there. And West Virginia rounds out the season going to Stillwater to play Oklahoma State. 
my lofty prediction is 10 and 2. Mm. With those two losses being at Iowa State and at Oklahoma State. Iowa State is a tough environment. And we barely beat them last year. And the last time we had a really good team, I mean, it's just difficult. It's difficult to beat Iowa State at home. It, they've, the home field advantage is true there. 10 and 2 is my lofty expectation. I think our ceiling or our basement is possibly 8 and 4. But I'm going to shoot in the middle and say 9 and 3. I, would, I, my, I really want to stick with 10 and 2. Nine and three, if I do see a loss, then it's coming from these three teams, Baylor, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma. And I think it comes more from Baylor than it does Texas Tech or Oklahoma. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with ten and two, maybe. I'm I'm gonna stick with ten and two. I feel like we can pull out a ten and two if JT Daniels stays healthy. Being realistic. Um and again, I know Same so many thing. people just shook their heads and went, oh, no. 10 and 2. Yeah, 10 and 2. Um, 4 and 0. 5 and 0, starting out. Mm-hmm. 5 and 1. Dropping a game to Baylor, okay. Yep. 6 and 1. 7 and 1. 7 and 2. 7 and 3. 8 and 3. 8 and 4. Mm-hmm. Okay, I no, I I see that. I, that may... And again, I'm I'm not trying to be spiteful. No, I'm, no, no, I'm, no. That's just that's where I see y'all ending up. Well, but see, do that's... I see two of those games being swing games? Absolutely. And those being like Iowa State and I, I think I'd say Iowa State and I would say Iowa State and Oklahoma would be my two games that would be the swing games out of those four. Um, Baylor. I'm sorry. I don't see West Virginia beating Baylor this year. I think Baylor's just too darn good. And I, I hate to say that. But realistically I see you eight and four. I see where you're saying ten and two. Um, because ultimately, you know, Iowa State, Oklahoma very well could go either way. Um, it just depends on what kind of teams they're fielding this year. We know what West Virginia is capable of based on preseason reports now if they get in the regular season and they drop to Pitt or god forbid they drop to kansas that's going to throw a wrench in everything could they go and turn that around and immediately turn around and go 10 and 2 yeah they could do i see that happening <laughs> no. Not if you lose. If you lose to Pitt, fine. Mm-mm, no, mm-mm. no, no. And the reason why I'm saying fine, mm-hmm. as much as a rivalry game as it is, ultimately, it's not conference play. It's not, but it sucks the life. It, it, and this is what irritates me about the backyard brawl. I love the hype. I love the spotlight. I love everything about it this year. But... If we, but it's putting so much more emphasis on it that we haven't played in ten years. In ten years, it's the exact same thing that happened with Virginia Tech last year. Well, I, I would say, I would say more 2017 than it did because 2017 you hadn't seen each other in 
Oh god, in 12 years. Yeah. Since 2005. And that's about the same it is for Pitt. We hadn't seen each other in a while in about almost 12 years. Last time we played I think was 2011, so it's been 11 mm-hmm. years since we've seen Pitt. I'm just it's such a big game because they don't play every year like they're supposed to. Yeah. So, but you know, that's it's a tough schedule. Next year's schedule's even tougher. Our non-con next year is at Penn State. Pitt mm. comes home, and Virginia Tech comes to Morgantown. Mm. Oof. All because we're not in the right conference. So, yeah. No, I, 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 I will be thrilled for eight and four. Oh, don't get me wrong. I will, too, <laughs> for I, LSU. I, I will absolutely, considering us going six and seven last year, I would absolutely be ecstatic for an eight and four season to make it to a decent bowl game, because that means there's tremendous growth, and that there's next season will be even there's better. There's measurable growth. Measurable growth. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. So eight and four, I'm fine with. If that's our basement, awesome. Um, seven and five, I'm not going to be as happy with. I'm th- I'm going to view that as a disappointment. I really will. Um, even though you make it to a bowl game, I still view that as a disappointment. I agree, and I th- I think going back to LSU season breakdown, um, eight and four, again, I'm not expecting Brian Kelly to light the world on fire in his first year, and I don't think anyone should. Do I see Brian Kelly turning the team around given proper time? Absolutely. Um, but you know, eight and four, great. We're in a good bowl. Maybe LSU and West Virginia finally play in a bowl game this year if we both finish 8-4. and four. God, I would love it. That'd be great. Um, okay. That was really long and heated. It was. And it's not even we were heated towards each other. It was just the fact that we were heated. We're both it. passionate about our programs, and we both realize that we're not going to be competing for a national championship yep. this year. Yep. And we're, I hate to we're say fighting it. for our life, which is what college, which is what college football is – what makes yeah. college football great is you're fighting for your life and you're not trying to go for a playoff. Like, the playoff is not – it should not be the end-all, be-all, and it's not the end-all, be-all for us two this year. A mm-hmm. bowl game is what we're asking for. A decent eight and four season. Respectable, you know. Uh, all right, yeah, I see you up there, LSU. I see you go there, West Virginia. You know, things like that. That's what we want this year. So, um, Cole? This is the first weekend we have until January where we will where uh this is the first week this is this is the first weekend all the way to January every weekend from now till February January February we will have college football. Yes. Hallelujah. Now granted this weekend kind of sucks. <laughs> Not many good games. The the premier game, if this tells you anything, is Northwestern versus Nebraska. Owen, just for the spirit of things, do you want to do a prediction on Northwestern versus Nebraska? Why not? You want to give you some the spread? Hit me with it. The spread, Nebraska is 13. The over-under, I'm sorry. I'm not great with odds. I'm not either. The spread is 13. Nebraska is favored. The over-under is 49.5. High-scoring game. Yep. You know, 
I here here's the thing. I it's in Ireland, oddly enough. Like it's in it's in Dublin. When I heard it was in Ireland, I thought it was like oh the Irish hills of Michigan. I didn't realize it was like like actually like Ireland, Ireland. You know like yeah, the Gaelic, no, it's in Dublin, Ireland. The red, yeah. you know, the redheaded potato eaters. Okay, <laughs> it's it's. I didn't realize that it was. Dublin. I didn't realize it was like actually Ireland, like a whole nother country, Dublin, Ireland. <laughs> you good? Are, are you all right? You broke me. <laughs> With what? The redheaded potato eaters? Yeah. The beer drinking, redheaded potato eating. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? All right. All right. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Woo. All right. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I, I've got to see Northwestern. I think Northwestern does win this game. They brought in Casey Thompson from Texas. Horns down. Yep. So, and it, Scott Frost has got to win this game. I oh, mean, yeah. If he doesn't do anything this year, he's gone. That's yeah. it. He's gone. Three and nine last year just isn't acceptable. No, absolutely not. So not for someone who competed in the first running of college playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think Nebraska wins. I think Nebraska wins. Um, I think they win. Um, let's see if it's 49 and a half. I, gosh. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm saying mine 38, 21, 38, 21. Yeah. I was going to say, hold on. I'm going to say 42-28, Nebraska. Oof. Oof. That's, a four, that's 14 points right there. Yeah. That's two the touch, spread. That's two touchdowns. I, I'm going to say 42-28, uh, Nebraska. Now, it looks like quite a thumping for against Northwestern, but, I mean, like we said, that's two touchdowns. Yeah, come on. So, 42-28, Nebraska wins this one. 38-21. I think it's a little bit less high scoring. Um but I mean, thirty-eight twenty-one is still a ridiculously high-scoring college football game. Yep. So uh, yeah, I think I think Nebraska. We will take that. We have a special new segment this year. Uh, we'll unveil that next Sunday. Next Sunday, we will unveil that. We're going to go to two days, or not two days, two weeks. <laughs> there we go. We'll, we'll go two weeks. We'll re- we'll drop an episode. We'll record on Wednesday night. Drop an episode on Thursday. And then we'll record Sunday night and drop an episode on Monday. Sunday will be our reaction, and Wednesdays will be our preview. So be stay tuned for that. Now, to wrap everything up, Cole, we've went a little bit longer than what we are trying to do this year, but that's okay. We got another question this week. And I don't know how many fans of this conference are out here or how many fans of this team are out here, but friend of the show, Ethan Berger, asked this question. Who do you think is winning the Sun Belt this year? I've got to go with Coastal. Look, I I hate saying that, but I I've got to go with either Coastal or App State. Could I see you know Arkansas Arkansas State or the Raging Cajuns coming out and winning it? Absolutely. Do I think that's a realistic prop? Do I think that's realistic? No, absolutely not. Coastal has been a powerhouse in the Sun Belt for what three years now, mm-hmm. straight. Yep. Um, yeah, I've I've got to go with Coastal. You know, and my dark horse to win would be you know Raging Cajuns. 
Rage and well, they're not even. I wouldn't even say they're a dark horse. Sunbelt, the odds one Sunbelt, App State's taking the lead right now with plus two ten. Cajuns are plus two eighty right there behind them. Then you got Coastal at plus five fifty, and then you got Marshall at plus seven hundred. Fourth best odds, Georgia State's at plus eight hundred, and that's the top five. I and and if you're if you're wondering where Jam, if you're a JMU fan, a Duke fan here. For the Sunbelt odds, JMU because this is their first year in FBS, they do not they will play a conference game, but uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they're not eligible for a bowl game and they're not eligible for conference championship because it's their first year. No, because it's their first not. year. Liberty went through this uh, when they transitioned from FCS to FBS, and I wouldn't be shocked if um, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. okay. I was going to say I wouldn't be shocked if Oklahoma and Texas went through this with SEC, um, but that was just me being big-headed as an SEC fan and, you know. Well, Texas like maybe. Texas most definitely. Yeah. Probably. Oklahoma, nah, we'll yeah. see. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say here's – I think App, State's, App State is looking for revenge this year. They're coming out for blood. And they're going to play um, – it's got to be somebody from the West. Because yeah. as far as I know, Sunbelt hasn't changed to like where the Pac-12 is, where it's the two best teams. Yeah. So they got to play somebody from Sunbelt West. Appalachian State, I think, has the – and I'm not saying this just because the, the odds yeah. favor them. I think App State has the best because they don't – they're much more stable. Louisiana yeah. had turnover because yeah. Billy Napier left. Yeah. Um, so I think App, App State goes, goes to the conference championship, meaning – they beat Coastal and Marshall. Now, I will say this. I have a soft spot in my heart for Marshall. As Everyone a West, does. As a West Virginia fan, I have a soft spot in my heart for Marshall. And I, I never understood the hatred for Marshall. Their little brother, they never really had any threat to West Virginia. Um, they, did, they did a couple games. There were a few games where they really took West Virginia down to the line because Marshall is a decent football program. But... It's not really a rivalry. West Virginia is 12-0 against Marshall. Marshall's never beaten West Virginia, and they haven't played each other since, like, 2012 or 2013. So I have a soft spot in my heart for Marshall. They're another West Virginia team. You know, West Virginia is kind of this one all-for-one and one-for-all kind of state. Absolutely. Um, so, I, you know, I wouldn't be upset if I saw Marshall win it. Do I think they win it? Uh Maybe not so. You got to run through. I think they. I think they finish out the regular season with two losses against uh, losing to Coastal and App State, um, and then I think Coastal would lose to App State. I think there's a good possibility that Appalachian State. I'm not going to say the season because they play a tough, tough non-con game. They play Texas A&M as a non-conference game, so I don't see them going undefeated. But I could see them going undefeated in conference. Absolutely. And they're only their their two biggest hurdles, Marshall and Coastal Carolina. Um and Coastal Carolina more so than Marshall. But I'm gonna say it's gonna be an it's gonna be a rematch this year. App State and the Raging Cajuns. App State takes home the Sun Belt this year. Something is in the water in North Carolina with Coastal, App State, and NC State all fielding very competitive football teams this year. Coastal's in South Carolina, bud. They Something's in, in the water in the South or in the Carolinas, I, I say, should say. Excuse me. Yes. With also, I can throw South Carolina in there now yeah. too, and obviously Clemson too. South, oh. Car- yeah, North uh, Coastal Carolina is now there at Myrtle Beach. Can I tell you how much of a relief it was last year to not have to talk about Clemson? 
Yeah. I mean, we talked about them, but it was not yeah. as playoff. And I hope we get that way with uh, Ohio State was yeah. relieving because Michigan was in there. It was relieving to see Cincinnati in there. Yeah. Now, if we can just get Georgia and Alabama off the table, <laughs> that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be so nice. No. That'd be so nice. But, yeah. So, odds, I'm going with App State, and you're going with Coastal. Coastal. Yeah. Okay. Who, do, who does Coastal play in the, in the championship game? Arkansas State. <laughs> I know. They have the oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. They have the ninth best odds. Yes. I see Arkansas State. But Arkansas Jones. State is my dark horse. Um, they will probably be my dark horse all year long. Um, realistically, probably going to be Coastal and Louisiana. Troy is the is. As far as I know, Troy's in the West. Yeah. Troy, Troy's in the East. Troy's in the East? Yeah. Okay, so it's, I mean, yeah, Louisiana's the other best team because the West yeah. is just, it's like the Big Ten West. Yeah, the West is garbage. Yep. So. And I hate to say that, but. No, they are. Uh, the East is a good, the Sunbelt East is a great, this is what college football has always been meant to be. It's regional. You can take trips, at, uh, bus ride, JMU. Here's the East. It is JMU, Marshall, Old Dominion, App State, Coastal Carolina, both the Georgia schools, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, and Troy. Troy. Or USA or uh, Southern Alabama. I it's one of those two. No, it's it's Troy. Southern oh, it's Troy. Alabama is in the West. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So they split the two Alabama schools. Mm-hmm. Makes cool. sense. So apps I'm App State, you're coastal. We'll see. Yeah. We'll Should be interesting. This. We're gonna have to bookmark this. But cool, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this uh for episode episode three of season two. We're getting well underway here. Whoop whoop. Remember next week, folks, Brian and Breeden will be on the show, talk a little bit more fair and football and just call it more college football in general. So that'll be fun. Don't forget, next Monday we'll go to two episodes a week. Monday will be our reaction episode. We record on Sunday. You will get the episode on Monday. For that, I'm Owen Spelling. My name's Cole Connor. And this has been the Panther Pod.